0: Hello there, and welcome to Death Star Radio. I'm Lorenzino Estrada, along with my co-pilot, Christopher Halley. Chris, how's it going?
1: You know, today is a great day to be a Star Wars fan. It, so, I'm doing great.
0: It Today was a massive day for the Star Wars community. It was Disney Investor Day. So, they rolled out all of their new projects. Not just for Star Wars, but this is a Star Wars podcast, so we'll just be talking about that. But, 10... New projects for Star Wars in the coming years. They all look fantastic, even though for some we've only gotten logos. But we are very, very excited to talk about them. And we're going to be going through them all. And we're going to be talking about them. Maybe bring up some theories, things like that. I'm just, I am Maybe, excited, Chris. Maybe bring up some theories. (laughs)
1: Isn't that what we do? We're the main
0: theorists.
1: Yeah, we're terrible theorists, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, I'm super stoked to walk through everything we got. You know, just, I mean, the excitement that was on my face when this investors meeting started and they said that there's going to be 10 new series from Star Wars in the next few years. I just knew that there, we, were, we were in for something special and it didn't disappoint.
0: It did not. And just the lead up to it was was so much you know they were going through everything they were talking about all their you know DTC programs and every how they were going to get it in different countries how they were going to put Disney plus everywhere and we were just like come on like let's let's get on with it let's start let's get into creative content there was an intermission before all of that started and then finally Bob Iger came out and thankfully they started with Lucasfilm
1: yeah well I mean they they didn't start with Lucasfilm. They started with many of the Disney stuff, did they not? Did they? I I thought that they covered some other things before they went straight to Lucasfilm. But Oh,
0: yeah, you're actually right. They did FX. Um, yes, they covered
1: yeah. FX and some of the stuff they're putting on Hulu and all that stuff before, before they did um, Lucasfilm. But when they got to Lucasfilm... You know, before we get into all the things, we got, like, a three-and-a-half-minute recap video of season two of The Mandalorian so far. So that's episode one through six. And, oh, my goodness, like, I, it, I felt like that was the trailer we wanted all along, you know? <laughs> like, that trailer we wanted for Mando that we couldn't get for a long time, and we finally got it, but it was six seasons in. It was incredible. Like, it got me excited. And, I mean, that's... I feel like we're not talking about that because everything that went down, but I'll let you yeah. get us started. Yeah. Well, to talk about
0: that, thankfully we didn't get that. Cause I feel like that would have ruined the surprise as what we're getting, you know, what was it? The first three episodes of Mandalorian. That's all the footage we got. It seems to be working out. You know, we're surprised every episode with the new footage, but, but yeah, let's, let's get into these new series for Disney plus these new projects for Lucasfilm and star Wars. And it, we're going to start with the bad batch. It was the, um, only trailer that we got for the upcoming animated show and we're following hunter wrecker tech and crosshair um a group of or clone troopers excuse me that we followed in the clone wars they have an arc in season seven and they're navigating life after the fall of the republic and the rise of the empire and it looks like the show takes place immediately after um order 66 as we see uh the emperor's famous speech from revenge of the sith it's shown to the clones and um, it was just a really um, engaging, interesting, and fast-paced trailer. What did you think about it? Well, I thought it was incredible,
1: and, you know, I've gone back and watched it a couple of times now because, like you said, it was the only trailer we got, so I feel like we were, I was able to look at it quite a bit. And, you know, I, I really liked that that take on, you know, you always wondered what the clones went through when they heard, oh, it's an empire. Like, obviously, they have the chips in their heads, so it didn't bother or it didn't, they didn't really have a choice, but I've always wondered to, I wondered how they knew that they just kind of like flipped a switch. And so it was really cool to see that. And there's another really cool shot in this trailer that I think goes overlooked is I believe that don't quote me on this because I could be completely wrong, but there's a shot in the trailer where the bad batch is standing on in one of the training facilities in Camino, I believe and it's from, you know, one of the episodes of the Clone Wars that we saw many years ago with, like, you know, all the clones getting trained on in, like, in the barracks of Kamino. And it's like they're walking in, and it kind of, like, looks destroyed. And I think there's a couple of shots of them fighting droids in that same-looking arena area. And uh, I think that's a really cool touch, because we're either going to learn what their like like what their origin was, like how they stacked up against the ranks of them like other clones, or maybe we're just they're coming back to fight a certain you know maybe maybe they're the group that's tasked to go back and shut down Camino because we know that stormtroopers weren't all clones in the original trilogy, so maybe they're tasked to go back there because I think it's a really Important thing. And you kind of, you mentioned it with on accidents, you know, when you called them stormtroopers. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting to see whether they're going to be working for the Empire, because at the end of this trailer, they look like they're working with Grand Moff Tarkin. But the synopsis does say... Um in the post clone war era they will take on a daring mercenary they will take on daring mercenary missions as they struggle to stay afloat and find new purpose so maybe they start with the empire and maybe like realize what they're doing is wrong but you know me and you were talking about it we don't know if they have chips in their heads or anything but other than that trailer was phenomenal I think it's about as good as it gets for an animated series and I it made me excited for a show that I didn't really think I was that excited for, but now I'm pretty pumped.
0: Yeah. A bit of unintentional foreshadowing by me. That that's good work by me, but uh, yeah, I, I think your theory makes sense Um, that they're going to initially start working for the empire. And then they're going to realize that what the empire does, does not fit with their beliefs. And like what you said, that's an ongoing um, question that we have is whether or not, because this is an elite group of clone troopers um, in the Clone War series. So it makes you wonder whether or not they have that chip in their head. Um, and when you talked about the synopsis, you said, you know, they're going to fight daring mercenaries, things like that. And one of the um, characters that we saw uh, from screen grabs of the trailer was Fennec Shand, who is currently in the Mandalorian. Um, the appearance is pretty uncanny. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that she's in that trailer for a reason. So we can kind of connect the dots and saying, well, she was, you know she's in Mandalorian, we'll look at her now in this trailer. Um, some other things that I saw was, or potentially, one of the planets we see a planet where there's a ton of destruction, there are some Benedict class cruisers on it, and it looks very similar to Braca, which is a, the first planet that we were on in Jedi Fallen Order. It would be really cool to, to go back to that, um, to go back to that planet. And if I'm not mistaken, again, don't quote me on this. Uh, I believe Governor Tarkin did some work on Baraka, um in the Tarkin novelization. I could be completely wrong on that. Um, but I believe he did some work there. So it would make sense if Governor Tarkin is in this show quite a bit that we would go to Bracca. And like what you said, we saw Governor Tarkin kind of in that last minute of that trailer. But I'm really excited for this series. I still need a little bit of convincing because we only got one arc with The Bad Batch in Clone Wars Season 7. And I was, it was, it was okay for me. I wasn't entirely convinced. I need a lot more screen time with Hunter and Wrecker and Tech and Crosshair um, for me to fully be invested in them and, and invested in a full show, which is why I'm surprised that, you know, this is probably the next project that we're going to get, considering that it looks from this trailer that there's been some sizable work done on it and it looks done uh, in many ways. It so. looks phenomenal. I'm going to need, yeah, and I'm going to need some convincing just because I'm not completely attached to these characters. But I think part of it is just because I knew what was going to be at the end of Season 7 of Clone Wars. And I just wanted to get there. So I was like, I don't care about these these four elite uh, clone troopers.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I don't, you know, forgive me if I'm wrong. Once again, you, you know, you're talking about how much Season 7 of Clone Wars we were just we just wanted to see what happened to Ahsoka and the Siege of Mandalore and Maul and all that. But um the Storm or not the Stormtrooper, look at that. The clone that they they save in those first four episodes, Echo, right? That's his name. Yeah. He's also part of the Bad Batch now. So he is, yeah. yeah so there's another like connection to clone Wars that like it's a it's a character that we've known for a while. And I think that'll bring a an interesting piece to it. I mean I think the Bad Batch just got the short end of the stick because of how many people were just looking forward to the rest of the season. Um, If Bad Batch was in like a regular uh, season of Clone Wars, I think they probably would be kind of fan favorites. They're, they're a lot, they seem like a lot of fun and they seem like guys who this show is going to, I feel like it's going to be not only like emotional, but it's going to be lighthearted in a way because it's like a, a group of brothers messing around you know like that's what we got from the first four episodes of season seven of Clone Wars they're they're so used to each other and they just mess around you know what I mean but they're so good at what they do so I get it that you need more screen time with them and now we're getting it and you know I'll never say no to any Star Wars content and with the animation style of season seven of the Clone Wars and just seeing how beautiful this show looks It's really hard for me to think that this show is going to be anything like it's really hard to think that me and you are not going to like this show. I think we're going to enjoy this very much. And this trailer only solidified that.
0: I agree. I'm sure it'll be a fun time um, by the looks of the trailer. So let's go ahead and get into our next series, which um, we only got a logo for it. We got a little bit of information and it is Ahsoka. Rosario Dawson is back as Ahsoka. We saw her in Chapter 13 of The Mandalorian, and she is going to get her own live-action show. Um, And that's really all we got about it. And before I ask you, Chris, I have a bit of a theory, because I I tweeted this out earlier today, but uh, there's been a lot of rumors about the uh, sequel series to Rebels. I think that this is the sequel series. I think with Ahsoka asking the Magistrate in Chapter 13, where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? It sets that up. And um, I think that mission, I think the mission of this series is going to be to find Grand Admiral Thrawn and Ezra with the help of Sabine after she recruits her in that Rebels epilogue that we got at the end of the show. Um, And if that's the case, hopefully this is right. That means we're going to get a live action Thrawn, a live action Sabine, and a live action Ezra Bridger. And we could even get a live action Thrawn in, in Mando, but that's a completely different conversation. What did you think? Of hearing that Ahsoka uh, is going to get her own series,
1: um, I think it's fantastic, and the fact that it's written by Dave Filoni because, trust me, or not trust me, just to think about anybody else writing an Ahsoka character other than Dave Filoni would make me like throw up in my mouth, so I'm glad that it's him. And like you said, this could be the Rebel sequel series, you know, Mando and Ahsoka, and another show we're going to talk about later could be making up that that Rebel sequel series that we don't know because Filoni and Favreau are working on all three of these series and they're going to create something, I think, really incredible. And like you said, I didn't think live-action Thrawn was happening. I thought we'll get an animated Rebel show. Ahsoka was setting up that she was still looking for Thrawn in Chapter 13 of The Mandalorian. And I was like, all right, now we know. But it doesn't look like that was the case. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know what you think, you know. But after watching Rosario Dawson play Ahsoka in Chapter Thirteen, you you had to think that wasn't going to be the
0: only time she'd ever do it. I mean, did you? No, I, I'm again after her performance, after the way that she looked, which for me was my biggest worry when we heard that she was uh, cast in the first place. Um, after seeing Chapter Thirteen, it just felt it felt right that she needed to to get back into that role. Yeah. And I guess I have to pour my heart out for Ashley Eckstein
1: and, you know, hopefully she gets some say in this show, you know, she, she gets to provide some creative insight or something, you know, but um, as a fan, as, as a huge fan of the Ahsoka character, like she is like top three Star Wars characters for me. If I had to rank them, she is incredible. This and another series that we're going to talk about later are probably tied for the two things that I'm most excited about that were announced today, because this could lead to so many possibilities. Like you said, Thrawn, Ezra, Sabine, or it could just be new characters. It could be something new and it's just, it's Ahsoka. Like it's just going to be so cool to follow her and, follow a Jedi or somebody with the force that isn't a Palpatine or a Skywalker or somebody that's so like big in the star Wars, or like Kenobi, like, don't get me wrong. The Kenobi series I'm really looking forward to, but somebody who's a little bit more like off to the side, I would say it's going to be really interesting to see their impact on the galaxy when the whole galaxy's not at stake, which it might be, but you know, we'll see. I mean, what did you think?
0: No, I'm I'm thrilled for this. I'm glad that um, a character that once started off um, as a new character in a kid show has risen to become one of the most popular characters in all of Star Wars. Um, I'm glad that Rosario Dawson is going to be getting a chance to, to play this character. Again, I feel for um, Ashley Eckstein. I hope that she has a voice like what you said uh, in developing the show because you said Dave Filoni Um, knows Ahsoka inside out well Ashley Eckstein also you know she voiced her for so many years and I'm really excited to see it and to kind of pivot into that um into this universe once again Rangers of the New Republic is the other series that uh is essentially tied in with Ahsoka these are these two series are going to be building up to an event story and I say that with quotes um because these both of these shows are going to lead into something bigger. It Rangers of the New Republic is set within the timeline of The Mandalorian. Um, it's a spin-off because of the success of The Mandalorian and uh, kind of off the name and after, off the couple episodes that we've gotten of The Mandalorian um, it looks like Gina Carano and potentially uh, Paul Soon-Young Lee will return as Marshal Cara Dune and Captain Carson Teva. So um, again, not a lot of information on this but I think it'd be great if we saw some characters from other canonical works, maybe like Hera from Rebels and Will Lark from Alphabet Squadron, just kind of seeing all these people that we've um, seen in the New Republic era come together for a story like this.
1: Yeah, I think the, you know, many people will just dis- like you may maybe disagree with me, you know, now with the High Republic era being talked about with books coming out in less than a month, right? The High Republic era is already getting getting into it, but um, what I have to say is after the Battle of Endor, I think that 30 years in between the sequel trilogy and the original trilogy is a really interesting time to discover like, I, I really like that this is the Rangers of the New Republic because you know, we've had something like Squadrons like you said with Will Lark, we've had things like Alexander Freed's Alphabet Squadron Novels, which is going to have a third one coming out this upcoming year. And it's a really interesting time period where the Empire is falling, but they're not quite gone. And we kind of have to understand how the First Order really came to be. And I'm not asking for these three shows to really tell me, oh, the First Order was, like they they it just goes straight into it. But like, maybe plant some seeds like we had talked about. Um, in chapter 12, I believe with, you know, Cara Dune's conversation with the new Republic officer that you definitely said his name. And I already forgot. Um, Carson there you go. Tiva. Carson Tiva. Um, the conversation that like the little sly nod that he said, there's something going on out here, but they won't believe it in the core worlds. Like that's clearly referencing the first order. I mean, you could think it's referencing some of the, you know, remnants of the empire, but I don't think that's what it was referencing. And I think these could be great stepping stones for that. And it's also just really cool to see, you know, because we jump so far. We jump from, in the original trilogy, they're rebels. And then in the sequel trilogy, they're also rebels. They're resistance. They're fighting against the power that just destroyed the New Republic. We never really got to see the New Republic be the New Republic. So I think that this Rangers of the New Republic show could really expand on that explore that and I think it's really exciting to see what what that has in store now the real question is like you said Carson Teva's in there his his partner was Dave Filoni so is he going to become a recurring character because
0: that would be pretty cool don't you think yeah we got we've seen Dave Filoni appear a couple times uh, in season one and season two uh, he he really w- he wasn't there when Carson Teva was speaking. Obviously, I'm not too sure they're they're very confident or Dave is very confident in himself getting you know speaking lines. But it would be nice just to see him. You know, he's he's kind of the architect of architect of all this, so he should get some appreciations. anyway. I'd love can. to I'd love to so, see him like walking in the background of a hangar or
1: something. You know, that'd be really cool. It,
0: yeah, just those little nods to him would be great. But yeah, Rangers of the New Republic, Ahsoka. These are two series that are going to be tied in and they're going to lead to an event story. So lots of theories there, lots of excitement. Um, And we're going to go ahead and move to our next show, which is one that I'm really excited for, Chris, and that's Andor. It's releasing in 2022, and it's a 12-episode prequel series um, to Rogue One featuring Cassian Andor and K2SO. And uh, Genevieve O'Reilly will also be in the show as a younger Mon Mothma. Um, and this is one of the few shows where we actually got a sneak peek with a sizzle reel. You know, De- Diego Luna was, was speaking to the show, and it was really nice just to see how dedicated he was to the role. I, you can tell just by watching him that he loves being Cassian, and, and that's incredibly refreshing. After you know, after hearing so many actors say, or you know, actors being very negative toward the franchise, it, it's nice to see that someone loves to be that character. And we saw some concept art. And also the size of the production, which is comparable to a feature film, that's what they said. So it's it's exciting. It's coming in twenty twenty two. Not much we know about it. Yeah, and
1: as I said earlier, when we were talking about Ahsoka, that there's two series that were tied for my favorite things announced today. This was that other thing. I think this Andor series is going to be really cool. They they described it as a nail biting spy thriller, which really caught me because you know he talks about in Rogue One how much that he's done for the for the rebellion that he isn't proud of and i'm kind of excited to see that i'm excited to see that gritty side of the rebellion even though probably the ugly side of the rebellion but i'm really excited to see that and you know he's been in this fight since he was 6 years old maybe see maybe see how he <laughs> he started in in the rebellion and like you said the The sets look massive. They're filming it now. It's going to come out in 2022. I think the biggest thing was that it's 12 episodes. Because, you know, Mando obviously eight episode seasons. I think the Kenobi series is probably going to be like... I heard rumors that it was going to be like four or six episodes. Nothing, Nothing too long. And it's just really refreshing to see Andor do 12 episodes and maybe it has a chance to be in more than one season or we get to see Aunt Cassian in another another show which i think would be amazing because i think Diego Luna kills that character he does an amazing job and like you said it's really awesome to see him uh play that role and love it as much as he did as much as he does because fortunately Star Wars and their fans have a really terrible streak of like ruining actors and their love for Star Wars because of certain comments and things so it is like you said really refreshing to see Diego Luna really like his role and one thing we didn't get to see very much of was uh we didn't see any K2SO and he's got to be, he's got to be in this show, yeah. right? I thought this was going to be Cassian and K2 from what it looks like. Was he even in
0: any of the concept art? He wasn't, we need Alan Tudyk back. He's great as K2. No,
1: I a hundred percent agree. And I think that this, you know, obviously Cassian's a fantastic character. He could carry this show alone, but I think all of us would at least love a little bit of K2. It'd be awesome. He's a fan favorite. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say everything because I want you to chime in here as well, Zeno. But I think it's really cool that they're bringing Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma as well, and that they, they said that she's playing Mon Mothma. I, I really like that. And yeah, once again, those two time periods in between the original and sequel, and then Revenge of the Sith and the original trilogy those are time periods that are just so fascinating. That's what makes Rebels so good in my opinion, and I'm excited to see more about it with Andor.
0: Yeah, and that era in between Revenge of the Sith and The New Hope is my favorite era in Star Wars. So the fact that we can get more of that and we're continuing to get uh, upcoming content that's going to, you know, be in that era, placed in that era, I am so excited. Uh, And like what you said with K2, yeah, I think, I feel like he needs to be in the show. I'm I'm fine with Diego Luna carrying carrying the show by himself. He can do it. He's a fantastic fantastic actor. But um they're kind of like a dynamic duo and I feel like you need one um if you have one you need the other, but we'll see. I'm sure Alan Tudyk will um will show up and I'm I'm pretty sure he's confirmed for that series, but but you never know. Uh but yeah, I'm really excited for it. You mentioned uh Rebels being in that era. Maybe we can get some maybe uh Cassian worked with the with the ghost crew, uh, occasionally, maybe we'll see like a live action um, Hera, uh, live action Kanan Sabine. Maybe they could just be like they can make cameos, things like that. Um, I'm getting very big James Bond vibes when they talked about this being an espionage uh show. It would be so cool if if Cassian was. Star Wars' version of James Bond. I feel like that would just be incredible. Obviously not as, not as slick and not as smooth and not as charming, but still um, just kind of having a character like that, um, doing what he needs to do. You know, like what you said, he's been in this fight since he was six <laughs> years old. And um, what, what's the line after that? You're not the only one who gave up. You're not the only one who lost everything, but some of us decided to do something about it. Um, it would be nice just to, to kind of get some backstory on, on that quote, because that's a, that's a really good quote in Rogue One. So to be able to hear a little bit more about that and actually see some of the things that he's done, like what you said, the the bad side of the rebellion, you know, he's he talked about that a lot in Rogue One. So if we we're just to get more more of that and see that nitty gritty and see some of the things that rebel spies did um, just for the sake of the rebellion, I think that would be incredible. And it just gives us a, another side of Star Wars. You know, we're not seeing, you know, people waving a lightsaber around anymore we're starting to see like people who are grounded in this universe and and who are doing things that that mean something but it's not like what you said earlier the fate of the galaxy um on the line but moving on to someone who is involved in the fate of the galaxy another series is obi-wan kenobi and there was a sizzle reel for this show but it was only made available for disney investors uh we do know though that the series is going to pick back up in March of 2021 and the big news is that hayden christensen anakin himself is returning as darth vader to go alongside ewan mcgregor as obi-wan kenobi and this series which is being helmed by deborah chow who has done great work on the mandalorian it's going to take place 10 years after revenge of the sith well hold on before you you
1: say that when you said picked up in march of 2021 are you saying that's when they're filming yeah i thought i
0: yes so there, I thought I, I, thought I had saw
1: some rumor there, about it happening in January, but maybe she confirmed that it was March today. But uh yeah, anyways, like you said, um what I thought about it. Um well once again, what we were you just talking about, Diego Luna. I think this plays into a perfect thing. Diego Luna loving the character of Cassie and talked about how he wanted to play him again. Seeing that Hayden is willing to come back after he received a lot of hate, even though a lot of people liked him, a lot of people didn't, it's really cool because there's a nice quote here on StarWars.com. They put a whole nice little article together about all the things they released today. And he has a quote here, and I'll read it out here. He says, It was such an incredible journey playing Anakin Skywalker. Of course, Anakin and Obi-Wan weren't on the greatest of terms when we last saw them. It will be interesting to see what an amazing director like Deborah Chow has in store for all of us. I'm excited to work with Ewan again. It feels so good to be back. And Ewan also, apparently in that sizzle reel, said something about how the best part about this is working with Hayden again. And that just, you know, that brings, it just feels so wholesome. You know, I I don't know what we're expecting in this Obi-Wan series because... We talked about this. There's no way they can see each other or find each other because then it would just make a new hope feel less important. Um, But I'm really intrigued to see how they do this, whether it's with flashbacks or not, but it's just really nice to see actors really liking their roles in Star Wars and after all these years, it's just so nice to see that. I'll let you break down what, what type of theory you think, Zeno, but for me, that's the biggest takeaway from this whole thing.
0: Yeah. You mentioned the Ewan McGregor quote. I actually read it down, uh wrote it down, excuse me. It's the most beautiful thing of all is that it's brought me back together with Hayden. And that and then he also said that they will have another swing at each other. So maybe he's already hinting to the fact that they are gonna see each other uh before a new hope and they are gonna fight each other. Uh and we were talking about that being it would make it less impactful once you watch it in a new hope. But I feel like Lucasfilm just they can't waste the opportunity of potentially pitting Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi again. Um, I do think we're going to see this show and I think when we're going to see Hayden, um, I think we're going to see him primarily through flashbacks and we're going to go back to the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. We're going to go back to to missions with when he was Anakin and Obi-Wan together, um, you know, Master and Apprentice there. I think we're that's how we're going to see Hayden. Uh, it would be very cool to see a Rebels-esque moment where They potentially fight and you see the mask, you know, half the mask is Vader and then it's Anakin and you you could hear Hayden, but you can also hear it through the mechanical voice of Darth Vader. Um, All of that's so cool. I mean, that's just, that's just me fanboying, fanboying and just thinking of all the possibilities that the show can go into. Um, I hope, even though we, we know that Hayden's back, we know that uh, Ewan's back. It would be really nice to see Liam Neeson come back as Qui-Gon Jinn. And maybe Obi-Wan can talk to Qui-Gon through, um, do Force Ghost? Maybe we'll get some Yoda action in there, um, but just the possibilities for this show—it, regardless of whether it's you know four episodes, six episodes, how long they are, um, it's phenomenal. And I'm glad that we're getting these these old characters back that, you know, they felt a little disenfranchised after everything that happened and all the hate that the prequels got, and, and obviously. Were were years removed from the prequels, and now there's kind of this uh, welcoming of these characters back, and there's this newfound appreciation of the prequels. Um, and I'm glad that that's paying off, and we're seeing you know you and come back, and Hayden, and potentially yeah, and, people like Liam you know,
1: Neeson. So. I didn't think about this till right now. You saying Liam Neeson and Yoda, this would be a great opportunity to you know if they flash back to a mission in in the Clone Wars where they're fighting side by side. What if we get a with them? We finally get Hayden as Anakin talking to Ahsoka. That would just that would just feel my so God. right. It feels so good. You know, obviously we're probably not going to get Padme because I feel like Natalie Portman would be just too expensive of an actress to bring back for just a small role. But considering you already have Rosario Dawson, what if we just got a small little tidbit? Oh my goodness, I'd cry. I would I'd lose my mind. It'd be incredible.
0: We all freaked out when we saw that um there's that screen grab of Mando with Ahsoka and Grogu and everybody freaked out about that. But how about when it's live action Ahsoka, Hayden, oh my and Ewan together on one shot. My that would just that would break Star, the it star would, Wars internet right there. You know, it there's just,
1: there's that scene be, where there's that like comic that people have been talking about since Since uh, Rosario Dawson came out and played uh, Ahsoka Tano, where it's Luke Skywalker talking to Ahsoka about how he came back, how Anakin came back, and she's, like, crying. And, you know, ever since then, I've just wanted to see them on screen again. Because if we don't get them in this series, we probably won't get Anakin and Ahsoka ever on screen again. And this is the perfect way to do it now that I'm thinking about it, and I would love it. I'm sure you'd love it, too
0: absolutely and you're right it's the perfect opportunity Hayden's not getting any younger Ewan's not getting any younger like you got to do it now exactly to do it you know you never know when you'll have them all in the same um building again and at
1: the same, same area, time like I know? wouldn't be disappointed so. if they didn't do it like focus on the focus on the characters but of it would be cool for got yeah, just a little bit I'm not asking for a lot just a tad just <laughs> a tad
0: yeah <laughs> just the taste <laughs> So the next series, uh, again, another series that I'm extremely excited about is Lando. Um, details for this series are also scarce, but Justin Simeon is going to develop it. There was no word on whether Billy D. Williams or Donald Glover will reprise their roles, but I feel like it, it it'd be very hard to believe that the show would not be greenlit if either of them would not come back. So hopefully, we get Billy D. Williams and Donald Glover. Um, And I think this show has the opportunity to kind of bounce back between um, eras. You know, we go once again in between that time of Revenge of the Sith and New Hope and it's Donald Glover. And then you go to um, maybe post Tross. I mean, that or post uh, The Rise of Skywalker, that would be a a really interesting era where he's in. Maybe we even get like some Janna action in there. But getting ahead of myself, um, hopefully, and Chris, you know how much (laughs) I love Solo. hopefully this show can bring back Alden Ehrenreich as Han and maybe just maybe set up a solo 2 highly doubt it it's probably not going to happen but you know time. i'm
1: hoping this turns into solo 2 you know what i mean i'm hoping you know we've seen i'm sure if you're a star wars fan and you're on twitter you've seen this idea i'm not taking it as my own but the fact that it could be Billy D Williams post rise of skywalker talking about missions or memories that he had and donald glover living them out and i think that would be fantastic i think they really swung and missed with the title why is it not called the calrissian chronicles we don't know we don't know exactly that part of me thinks that it's going to take place post rise of skywalker and only then because you know the calrissian chronicles was kind of with donald glover's version of lando so this kind of makes me feel like cuz there's there's no way someone at Lucasfilms didn't think or Lucasfilms sorry didn't think about that. And I was like when they put it up there, I, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge fan of of Lando whether it's Billy D or La- or Donald Glover. So I'm excited either way, but I think they swung and missed on the title. But like you said, Alden Arrow coming back would be sick. Maybe Amelia Clark is like one of the villains. Um this could definitely be a solo mm-hmm. two, without being a solo two, and I know of all people, you would be the
0: most excited for that. <laughs> yes, i I have an affinity for solo. It's one of my favorite Star Wars movies. I'm definitely in the minority when it comes to that opinion, but if we could just get Alden back and Amelia Clark back, just for a little, <laughs> like what you said, just, like a, what we touch. Said earlier, just a taste that would be that would be great and the idea of billy d williams just sitting um in the millennium falcon by the desert uh table and jan is like well what about this and he's like well let me tell you about the time and then like it goes into like that you know old disney channel like flashback where the screen just starts like moving in waves and then it's just all of a sudden it's donald glover as lando and he starts living it out with l3 like that would just be great you know and And I'm really excited for this series and it's going to be fun. So next series, it just, it keeps going. It keeps going the next one, the next one, the next one, a bit of a wild card project for star Wars. It's called the acolyte. It's being developed by Leslie Hedlund and I'm quoting here. The acolyte is a mystery thriller that will take us into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emergency dark side powers in the final days of the high Republic era. Once again, details are scarce for this series but it has the opportunity to introduce loads of new characters, locations, and even give us a different perspective of the Star Wars so, universe.
1: So the thing I'm really looking forward to in this series is because, one, it like you said, it's a wild card. Star Wars is taking a leap, and they've needed to take a leap for a long time. You know, don't get me wrong. We're in love with all these other series. But most of them have characters that we've already known. This is going to be completely new, and I love it. And like you said, mystery thriller takes us into the secrets and emerging, merging dark side powers, which, which makes me think are the main characters Sith, which could be awesome. And it's the final days of the High Republic. This has been the only problem. When I look back at the High Republic era, we learn in the Phantom Menace that like the Jedi were the keepers of peace for like thousands of generations That can't be that exciting to watch because we know they're going to win every single time until they tragically lose because of Anakin. So the end of the High Republic era, I think, is a great place to start here because you establish the end of this era. Then you can go back and piece some pieces together that aren't just so like oh, well, we won, we won again, we won again. If you know what I'm trying to say here is, you know, I think I think it's really mm-hmm. cool to Absolutely. see the fall of the High Republic and then we'll go learn a little bit more about it in the future.
0: Yeah, and I think this show has an opportunity to introduce now, we're talking about new characters, but even potentially bring back some some characters from Legends that fans have wanted to see for such a long time. Now, Darth Revan and Darth Bane are, are predominantly um, older public characters. But once again, this is Disney's um, canon, so they can change it however way they want. And it would be awesome to finally see Darth Revan or Darth Bane learn a little bit more about Darth Plagueis um, and just the opportunities for this show. It's new. I really like what Lucasfilm has done so far um, in setting up the high Republic, we've heard very little things about it. You know, it was mentioned in a Kylo Ren comic. Like we said, we're going to get the books in January. That first book by Charles soul. Um, this again, like what you said, they're experimenting, they're getting out there. They needed to get out of their comfort zone. You know, we needed to get out of that Skywalker saga and we're finally going to do it. Um, I'm very excited for the show. I think it's, it's going to be fun. And like what you said, if the main characters, in this show are Sith. Just what a complete turnaround. And once again, flipping that perspective and, and getting to learn a little if, bit more. If
1: Star Wars need, wants to continue to make content and make shows, they need to start doing stuff like this. And I think you'll agree with that. Agree with me. Because like you said, they got to branch away mm-hmm. from, from the Skywalker saga. And this is the first step.
0: Definitely. And... That goes into our next show. Um, Now, not talking specifically about the Star Wars, you know, like creators and things like that. But with Visions, it's going to be the first anime show for Star Wars. So they're branching out and they're trying new mediums. Uh, It's going to be 10 short films from some of the best Japanese anime creators. Now, again, hardly any details about this. I think we won't talk about this as much, Chris. But what I will say. Is I'm very happy that Star Wars is expanding into new mediums. They're allowing new artists to come in and tell their stories uh, about the Star Wars universe, and and hopefully this brings in a, a new batch of fans. You know, people who who really like anime, but they can't really get into the animated shows uh, like Clone Wars. I think this this is kind of Lucasfilm opening uh, opening the door for a new group of fans and yes, I fans. agree.
1: And from what it looks like, it says the anthology collection. So I'm assuming this is just going to be a anime version they're gonna they're gonna pay homage to the old to, to star wars films so we're gonna see like some some star wars short film like they they say a series are celebrating star wars through the lens of the world's best anime creator so i think we're gonna see some of our favorite characters and maybe some iconic moments in a different light and i think that's a really cool idea and like you said new medium and uh I really don't know what else to say about this one because there's not much to say about it. There's no characters. There's no era. There's no. There's nothing but the fact that it's going to be animated short films, and I'm a big fan. So I'm excited for this one. I'm not as excited for this one as the other ones, but maybe I will be when time comes. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely something I'll be watching the
0: heck out of. So
1: it'll. yeah, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, it'll be fun. It has it kinda reminds me of um from a certain point of view books, you know, from you know, maybe we just get another another look, a different look at the way uh things happen in the Star Wars universe. See, so it I, could I, be I fun. agree with
1: you on that, the certain point of view. It also reminds me of something that Marvel's doing. They just released a trailer for it today, uh called What If, the What If series. They go back and mm-hmm. they're they're making like a like a animated series about what if certain characters didn't do certain things or like the first episode's gonna be if Peggy Carter became Captain America rather than uh, Steve Rogers, which I think is really interesting. This is what that kind of reminds me of is kind of something that could do something like that. Now, maybe it's its own story. Maybe it's not. I have no idea, but the fact that it's called visions, I feel like it's just going to be the Star Wars that we know shown in a different light, which I'm still for.
0: Yeah. And it should be fun. So the last show that we're going to talk about, Again, I sound like a broken record. Not a lot of information on this show, but it's called A Droid Show. And we are going to be introduced to a new hero who will be guided by C-3PO and R2-D2. And Chris, if that new hero is not a gonk droid, I will riot.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness, you caught me off guard with that one. That was good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, man. I need another
1: gong. Droid oh, my, in my goodness. Life. If we get a gong droid as a main character, then Star Wars is really jumping off the cliff here and trying something new. <laughs> well, so I guess before you say any more, I'll give my two cents on this. I think what they're trying to do is Star Wars tried to go the kids' TV show route twice with Clone Wars and Rebels, and it became way more than a kids' TV show. It started as one, and it didn't end as one. I think they've decided we'll make the animated show The Bad Batch, we'll do all these other shows. This is their kid's show. This is the show that's that's for children. And um I as unless this turns into some incredible like storytelling arc, I think this will stay <laughs> the kid's show. Will we watch it? Yeah, probably, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, they have Resistance, which is a pretty much a kid's show as well, but this is, this is 100%. I, I feel like every studio announced a little bit of a kid's show that today. Um, not that, not that Disney, Disney is for all audiences, but, like, for example, Marvel announced, like, a little short series they're doing with Groot called I Am Groot. And it's just going to be, like, a little short stories. And Pixar announced a thing with Doug from Up. They're gonna do like the little dog. I think this is this is Star Wars' little mm-hmm. series that they're gonna put together, and I feel like Disney Disney asked every single every single studio to put something small together like
0: this, and
1: this is their version
0: of it. Definitely, and I'm sure we'll still be watching, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, it'll be good as we see C3PO turn into a Jedi by the end. of <laughs> in season five he's gonna a speak Sith show.
1: and become, a, become darth c Trifio. yeah <laughs>
0: yeah hopefully so the let's bomb. get to the bomb um well all of this these is are bombs. the bomb um wash bombs <laughs> yeah wash bombs or lucasfilm bombs, bombs uh but yeah lucasfilm bombs so Rogue Squadron is the next feature film for Star Wars, and it's going to be directed by Patty Jenkins, who's the first female director to direct a Star Wars movie, which we love to see. It's going to release in 2023, and the movie is going to follow pilots across the universe. That's all we have for this, but Chris, I am so excited for this movie. I love Patty Jenkins. I love Wonder Woman. I'm so excited for the second Wonder Woman to come out on Christmas Day, and I was watching this um, my dad was right behind me, just like pacing around the living room. And when they said Patty Jenkins, my mouth dropped. I picked the computer off my lap, put it next to me and stood up and just ran my hands through my hair. And I was like, oh my <laughs> God, like, I just cannot believe that they dropped out on us, that Patty Jenkins is getting. Now,
1: first of all, face. before I get into what, what I, th- what I did, did when I saw it, um, don't you think it's kind of ironic that she has a movie coming out on Christmas day this year. And they announced that the day it's Christmas day when this movie is going to come out in 2023. So she's got one now
0: and in three years, she'll have another
1: one. Isn't that kind of funny?
0: And and to add to that, that that's fantastic. She's the first woman to first female to direct a star Wars movie. She was also the first female to direct a um, superhero film.
1: She's killing. She's
0: just, she just loves to She's break all the records. Her. She's great. Like yeah, props and to her. She is fantastic.
1: Similar to you, I, you know, Kathleen Kennedy's out there and first of all, I'm shocked they gave us a title. You know, we were maybe it's because it was mm-hmm. the Skywalker saga, but we didn't get the Rise of Skywalker title till what? 7 months before the movie came out. This movie is 3 yeah. years away and we already know what it is generally about and we know the title and then when they put patty jenkins face up there and she hadn't even said her name yet and i was like patty jenkins come on like (laughs) let's go i was (laughs) sorry if i'm not showing my excitement we're currently 30 minutes away from you know chapter 15 of the mandalorian so i'm trying to keep it down here
0: but Exactly. So I'm
1: trying to keep it down because I have family members sleeping, but Patty Jenkins, she's incredible. She killed the first Wonder Woman film. And from what all the reviews are saying, we're 15 days away from Wonder Woman 1984. And it sounds like it's going to just blow us away. Patty Jenkins has also done many great films in the past. I think she's a great choice. Once again, like you said, she's the first female director. I didn't even think about that because I just know she's so phenomenal. I didn't even think whether she was a female or male, you know. I'm just so, I'm so excited to see her, <laughs> her take on this. She released a little short video on Twitter, saying how pumped she was. And man, once again, seeing the people who are creating Star Wars love Star Wars, it's just so nice. It's so nice because I don't get me wrong. Love J.J. Abrams. I still really like Ryan Johnson. But I didn't get that love for Star Wars that these people are giving off in this event from them very much. So, yeah, Absolutely. once again, you you said it with Patty Jenkins. She's incredible.
0: Yeah, and like what you said, highly recommend that Twitter video that she posted on her account. It's so heartfelt, and you can tell that she's just going to bring it all to this movie, you know, and I saw someone on Twitter say that this movie is going to be star Wars meets top gun. If that's the case, then this is going to be a fantastic movie, but another, um, dedicated developer director, Taika Waititi, um, he is developing his own star Wars feature film. And that's all we know. <laughs> all we know is that he's hard at work. And Kathleen Kennedy said that he is bringing a, a unique take to star Wars. And Chris, I know, um, Obviously, you're, you're the resident Marvel diehard, and you know um, just the filmography of Taika and what he's done. And he's also done some great First work. First of all, before
1: I get into what I want to say here is everyone who's listening to this and likes Marvel needs to go to Zeno's Twitter account and just blow him up for – He just doesn't <laughs> like it because he likes DC, but every Marvel movie I've showed you, you've liked. You just need to watch them. And Taika did sure. Thor Ragnarok and he had some producing to do on Endgame and Infinity War and he was phenomenal. And like you said, with Mandalorian, he's phenomenal. He's just so unique. And the cool thing is is you noticed when obviously you and I were watching the Investors Day meeting, they they showed his face and they showed that like multicolor Star Wars logo. That gave me very mm-hmm. Taika Waititi vibes because he did the same thing with Thor. <laughs> He's going to do the same thing with Thor: Love and Thunder, which is coming, which is filming in like a week in Australia, and um, he just brings that. Like Star Wars is perfect for Taika. Like I didn't think Marvel was going to be a great, great fit for him. It's a great fit, and this is going to be an amazing fit. I can't wait because there's so many different things he can play with. I can't wait to see what he has written. It's going to take a while. He hasn't even written, wrote the script, so it's probably not coming to what, 2024, five, six, something like that. Who knows? Maybe this podcast won't exist then. Maybe it will be the biggest podcast on Spotify. <laughs> we'll see, but, man, if there's two things you got to take away from this, is Taika is amazing, and Zeno needs to watch Marvel movies. <laughs>
0: well, We'll get, one we'll get day on you
1: have Disney day. Plus. They're all on there. Just watch them. <laughs> I'll
0: watch them <laughs> one day. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so we just went through 11 future Star Wars projects. What a time to be alive. Um, final thoughts for me, Chris. Um, just after after Rise of Skywalker, it really felt that the excitement around Star Wars was beginning to fade. And there was just a lot of like unrest uh, regarding the franchise and, you know, fans were just doing pathetic things and things like that, you know, but, and and 2020 has been a year to forget for many of us, but we have gotten an incredible amount of star Wars content um, this year and it's reviving Lucasfilm and just what we received today. It it just, it's making this year a little bit easier for all the fans. And I'm incredibly grateful um, that, we're going to be watching all of these projects together in the you coming Yeah, To years.
1: echo you on my final thoughts: forwards, words. Star Wars is back. Like you said, Rise <laughs> of Skywalker. It was such a mixed-reviewed film, and you know us—we're Star Wars fans. We love it, um, but it was such a—it got such mixed reviews that people started doubting Star Wars, and frankly, I think they still kind of are because there a lot of people are mm-hmm. thinking why are they doing so much more with star wars they can why you know they should have stopped after making the original trilogy you know something like that but i think this is really cool that they're doing all this stuff and this is only the tip of the iceberg you know they've they've i've seen reports that they're working on so many games there's more books coming there's just so much star wars to be told and this is just this is just great to see. Like you said, 2020 has been a really tough year for all of us. For me personally, it's been a pretty tough year, but I know I'm not the only one. But to see something like this come out so late in the year and have something to look forward to, it's, re- it's really nice. Now, I don't know when we're getting the Bad Batch, but I would assume it's in the spring. It's got to be, right? It feels like it's it's going to release soon. I, yeah, I think you're right spring. E- either way, like we have good. some really exciting things to look forward to. They, one thing we didn't touch on, Mando Season 3 was confirmed for Christmas time next year, <laughs> um, which is kind of disappointing that we're going to have to wait a really long time for that one. But um, I'm sure it'll be fantastic like these the last two seasons have been. But uh, yeah, final thoughts. It's a great time to be it's a great time to be a nerd in general, whether you're a Marvel fan or a Star Wars fan, but as a Star Wars fan, it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan.
0: Yeah. And and for something you care about so much, you know, after Rise of Skywalker and, and all the controversy with the last Jedi, it's, it's, you hate to see it when something you care about so much is being dragged through the mud, you know, and now it feels like Star Wars is back on top. There's so much to be excited about. Couldn't have said that at the beginning of 2020 and um, I'm really looking forward to it and it's going to be a great time. And the fact that we can talk, we have a whole podcast episode about all these projects and we didn't even mention Mando season three, which is kind of yep. what sparked all of this. Um, that's that just shows what's ahead for Star Wars and I'm I'm very happy.
1: I, I think, I think so. I us. think we've probably held whoever's listening to this for too long. And uh, I'm sure you're just as excited
0: as we are. Yeah, and we look forward to talking to you guys on our next episode.